Hello and welcome to another Healthy Bite. My name is Dr. Ron Early. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I am recording this podcast, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay my respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Well, this week's guest was Dr. Harry Ball, and Harry is a dentist who's practice Sleepwise, the Sleepwise Clinic in Melbourne, exclusively focuses on sleep disordered breathing condition. And so he has been in the dental world, lecturing and teaching dentists and doctors, other health practitioners for many years about the connection between the jaw, the development of the lower half of the face and the impact that that has on on, um, sleep disordered breathing conditions and the role that the dental profession has to pay, uh, play in all of that. And uh, it was very, it's always interesting to catch up and I always learn something new and I certainly did in this, in this uh, episode and I've been in this area for many years. So it was a great opportunity to meet Harry for the first time and uh, learn from him and share that knowledge with you. And sleep is such an incredible uh, topic that it's a very uh, underdiagnosed uh, problem. People come to accept it as just the way it is. I would guess that something like 80 to 90% of people with sleep disordered breathing conditions go undiagnosed and um, many, many people uh, dismiss it as, oh, this is just the way my life is and don't even give it any second thought. And I often wonder about health practitioners themselves because very often I will see a new patient and as I'm taking their medical history and finding out what medications they've been on, I'm, I'm surprised at how many people, for example, are on antidepressants. Now, Antidepressants uh, are, are a huge, a lot of people in Australia, a third of the population or something like that are, are on antidepressants in some form. Now, what surprises me is that um, one in seven Australians are on antidepressants, and that's a figure that uh, comes from 2018. And I would think that post-pandemic, that figure is even greater. Certainly depression and anxiety have increased. And that was a huge and growing problem before the pandemic, exacerbated by the pandemic. The American Society of Psychologists estimated the impact of uh, people's on people's health of social isolation was equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Now, you didn't get lung cancer, but the negative impact on a person's health was equivalent to that. So 13 to 14%, let's say 15% of the population are on antidepressants. Uh, according to Martin Whiteley, uh, who wrote the book Over Prescribing Madness, we did a program with him, something like 90% of uh, antidepressant prescriptions are prescribed by GPs whose average um, consultation time is something between 7 and 12 minutes. Now, to diagnose a problem, mental health problem in 7 to 12 minutes, to diagnose a mental health problem in 7 to 12 minutes is a challenge. Uh, that's putting it mildly. And so often, as is so often the case in modern medicine, the prescription pad is the first port of call um, and uh, hence people are on antidepressants. And it surprises me when I talk to people who have been on antidepressants for many years and I ask them about their sleep quality, no one has ever explored uh, how well they have slept. And it fascinates me why more health practitioners 
don't focus on this. And, and it really comes down to a very simple fact, I think, or a few simple facts. One is obviously they don't have the time. But the second one is that uh, unless you yourself as a health practitioner focus on this in your own life, then you will not focus on it with your patients. And I know this as a personal, as, as a, in my own case. I mean, I've been in practice for 45 years, but it's only really been in the last 15 or 20 years that I've focused on sleep. And the reason I have is because of the impact that that has had on my own life. It's huge. I have more energy now at the age of 67 than I did at the age of 47. And so I feel rather passionate about the potential for this to have a dramatic impact on people's health. And, you know, people's health is, a, if you are not sleeping well, you are predisposed to so many other problems. That part of your DNA that improves immune function is downregulated. So your immune system is affected by a poor night's sleep. That part of your DNA that promotes chronic inflammation is upregulated. So your chronic inflammation goes up as you sleep poorly. We know that insulin resistance goes up when you don't sleep well. In fact, after a week of sleeping six hours or less, some most a lot of people's blood sugar levels are at pre-diabetic levels. Uh, other hormones that help us metabolize fat, leptin, for example, goes down. So you are much less able to metabolize fat because that hormone which helps you metabolize it is downregulated. Another hormone in the stomach called ghrelin, which makes you hungry, it becomes more abundant. And so you make irrational decisions, not because you're weak, but because the hormone that tells you you're hungry has gone up. Um, libido goes down. Testicular size, how's that for a statistic? Goes down. 64% of people who have been diagnosed with obstructive sleep apnea have erectile dysfunction, obviously men. So th this has a huge impact. Uh, that part of our brain which processes memory, the hippocampus, is downregulated. So your ability to remember things on a short-term basis goes down. Another part of your brain called the amygdala, which is affected by, which uh, makes you far more emotional, is upregulated. So not surprisingly, when you are tired, you become far more emotional and irrational. That part of our brain, the prefrontal cortex, which is one that part of our brain that's used for reasoning and and uh, higher levels of thought is downregulated and the reptilian part of our brain becomes more active. So, so much goes on with a poor night's sleep. And as we've said many times before, a consistently good night's sleep is a function of both quantity, getting enough sleep, which for the vast majority, over 90% of the population means seven to nine hours of sleep and getting and putting your head on the pillow is, is not enough. It has to be quality as well. So breathing well while you're asleep is critically important. Another aspect that is really um, important uh, uh, that we are going to be doing more programs on is the issue of insomnia. And uh, there's a difference between uh, just not getting enough sleep, being sleep deprived, meaning you have the ability to sleep, but you're giving yourself insufficient time. That is not insomnia. Insomnia is when you have or you are giving yourself the time 
but you're unable to sleep well. And insomnia comes in several forms. It can be a difficulty in falling asleep. It should take you probably around 20 minutes to fall asleep. But if you're lying in bed there for 30 minutes, 60 minutes, an hour or two, that is difficulty in falling asleep. And that's a form of insomnia. The other type of insomnia is when you are, um, so that's sleep onset insomnia. Another form of insomnia is when you wake up and we all wake up at night and maybe you go to the bathroom and any regular listener of this podcast will know that that may be a reflection of disordered breathing at night. And to those that have used mouth tape, you may have reduced your visits to the bathroom, but that's a whole other story. Go back and uh, on the website and search breathe and explore that. Um, but, but people who wake up at night and have trouble falling asleep again and may lie in bed for 30 or 40 minutes or an hour or so, that's called sleep maintenance insomnia. And there's a third type of insomnia, which is you don't feel refreshed by sleep. You don't get the restorative sleep that you need, and that's now looking at things like uh, obstructive sleep apnea, etc. But the two main types are sleep onset, not being able to get to sleep, and sleep maintenance, not being able to get back to sleep. And there are lots of ways of diagnosing it. The, the way that it's generally diagnosed is that if if you're suffering from insomnia, and it's quite a common condition, 10% of the population at any one time will suffer from insomnia, and it's sobering to know that 30% of the population have suffered from insomnia at some point. And there are many reasons why you might be suffering from insomnia. It could be that there you actually may have a genetic predisposition. Yes, something like 20 to 25% to 45% of people have a genetic predisposition, but that's not deterministic. That's not enough. There's also got to be precipitating factors like a breakdown in a relationship, a, bereave, a bereavement, work stress. These are precipitating factors. Having technology, uh, uh, in, and there are also perpetuating factors, which is what we've spoken about many times in terms of sleep hygiene and uh, your relationship with sunlight, in particular with blue light from technology, from phones, from laptops, from other devices. So insomnia is an interesting topic which we're going to be exploring, but this week's episode was an opportunity to touch base with a real expert in sleep medicine from a dental perspective. And it was interesting to note that obstructive sleep apnea is a problem, that there are grades of it, mild, moderate, and severe, and there are different forms of treating it one being CPAP, which is the mask on the face or the nose, which has, which is effective, but it has a very poor compliance rate, meaning people do find it awkward to uh, use, particularly if you suffer from mild or moderate obstructive sleep apnea. And you've got this mask on and you're thinking, what the hell, I just can't. It's not that big a problem that I have to wear this mask. Now, if you suffer from severe obstructive sleep apnea and you are dog tired and this mask has literally revolutionized your life, well, then you are motivated to use it. Now, a lot of people are diagnosed with mild and moderate obstructive sleep apnea, but they have been only offered a CPAP machine. And this is where this discussion with Dr. Harry Ball was so 
important and interesting, and this is what I do in my own clinic, and that is the use of various types of appliances which maintain the airway and are much easier to use, much more portable than carrying around a CPAP machine, much more uh, usable and effective, and um, and they are mand- what's called mandibular advancement splints, but there are other devices that perform similar functions. So this week's episode was an opportunity to touch base with an expert to remind you that there were other types of treatments out there besides CPAP. It was a reminder of the importance of sleep. It reminded me that we're going to be exploring insomnia in coming episodes, and uh, it was just a really interesting chat. I hope you thought so as well. So uh, until next time, this is Dr. Ron Ehrlich. Be well. This podcast provides general information and discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice or as a substitute for care by a qualified medical practitioner. If you or any other person has a medical concern, he or she should consult with an appropriately qualified medical practitioner. Guests who speak in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences, and conclusions.